Welcome, everyone, to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. As always, we're here again to discuss a topic that we've discussed before. And I know what you're thinking. There are so many topics right now. Um, in fact, earlier today, I'm part of a, a chat group that shares some information about mostly social justice stuff and, uh, and mostly SBC stuff, although we talk about other arenas in Christianity where social justice is made in roads. And uh, there, it's just, it's a buzz today. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. And, and of course, if you turn on the radio, I was just uh, coming back from the gym and I heard all about this Chinese weather balloon. So there's lots happening, but you know, in, in all of that, we have to remember God is in control and he knows the end from the beginning. And, and um, actually this Sunday, I know that I'm preaching at the church uh, that I attend, filling the pulpit. And the passage that's been in my mind, because it's the passage I'm going to be preaching on, is John chapter 16, verses 32 through 33. And I'll read that for you real quick. It just says, Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And so I wanted to share that with you. As we get started with everything that's going on, uh, we have an important topic, though, today, and it's it's a follow-up. We've been talking about this, well, goodness, since I guess the podcast started, but more so in the last few weeks with Jared Moore coming on and talking about concupiscence. And I think that sparked a lot of questions among many of you about same-sex attraction. Specifically, how do you counsel someone with same-sex attraction? What if you experience, I know a number of people came on and said they experienced same-sex attraction and uh, how do I get rid of this or how do I view it in a biblical way? Is it sinful? Is it not sinful? And so to answer some of these questions, I have invited Pastor Josh Stegall to come on and talk with us about this. Josh uh, is a pastor at Cornerstone Reformed Church. He is an MDiv from Southern Seminary. He is counseled uh, with ACBC. It's the uh, Association of Biblical Counselors. Is that right? Yeah, Association Josh. of Certified Biblical Counselors. Yep. And then if, if you want to find out more about Josh's ministry, rodandstaffministries.com. I'll remind everyone at the end, rodandstaffministries.com. And this is a great resource. If you're listening and, and the podcast ends and you think, I still have questions or I still have issues that I want to discuss, you can go to rodandstaffministries.com and schedule an appointment. Um, and they'll they'll show you more about what the Bible has to say on this subject or other subjects. So anyway, welcome to the podcast, Josh. That was a long intro. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, thank you. Thanks for the for the invitation. And just uh, not that I care that much. Last name Stegall and it's ridenstaffministries.org. Sorry. Oh, and we're streaming live. And I said Stegall instead of I'm sorry about that. Oh, no, 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 no worries. You know, I said, not a big deal. It's been it's, it's, it's just hard. <laughs> yeah, you know, my my name is Harris, obviously, and everyone in the United States says Harris, but I, I've been told in Scotland, you know, maybe this is years ago, it was Harry's and it changed yep. when you know, a lot of all names right. are like that, but whether it's long or it's short, but uh, okay, so Stegall, all right, and um, you know, you've, uh, you were recommended to me by someone I trust, uh, uh, well, it was Jared Moore, I think, who actually said, you're one of the guys that would be good on this, and you know, I have a, an initial question before we get into the groundwork, and I want everyone to hear your answer to this. I have asked others to talk about this, and without getting into detail, I'll just say that biblical counselors tend to shy away from publicly talking about this, in my experience. And I'm not looking at you to, you know, obviously smear anyone, but I would just 
wonder whether you have an insight into that. Why is it that this particular topic is such a hot button and that there's um, intrepidation about approaching it? Uh, yeah. So, no, thanks for the question. Um, I think just because of what you said, it is a hot button topic. And so it tends to get some pretty, um, I would say, visceral responses. Um, it's very personal to a lot of people. Uh, there's there's a lot going on with it in culture. Uh, and so so while, yeah, not not trying to impugn anyone's motives and not not knowing for certain, I think those are some of the big reasons uh, people kind of shy away from it and maybe prefer to to, to do whatever they're doing, but, but just kind of do it quietly and uh, not not engage too uh, thoroughly or directly, uh, perhaps with it. And I, I think we've just taken approaches that I mean, we, we think God's word is, is robust, it's sufficient, and we should be out here, I mean, doing doing the hard work of, of reading the text, studying the text, and then uh, coming alongside people and, and helping them to, to wrestle with, with real life difficulties, real struggles. Um, and so, so, so I think they find it difficult, um, even in prepping to, and thinking about meeting with you doing this interview, right? There's a lot of prayer and just, uh, curiosity, if you will, about, man, what will be some of the comments? <laughs> and right. so, so I, yeah, so I think, I think that's, a, that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. It's, it seems to me like this particular issue, which we're going to talk about is, is, um, it's a hot button issue more than even other sexual deviancies and perversions where people just really are afraid that they'll be canceled, uh, that something will happen if they say something that's even slightly off from uh, an accepted narrative. And so you're brave. I just want to say that up front. You're brave to talk about it. And I appreciate that bravery. Why don't you lay a foundation for us a little bit? Because a lot of assumptions are already baked in when people approach this, I've noticed. And, and you're aware of that, I know, as a Christian counselor, as a biblical counselor, someone who's dealt with these issues with people. What are some of the top assumptions that you would recommend shedding and replacing with a biblical assumption before even approaching this? Yeah, so thank you. Yeah. Um, so one, obviously, just in, in the, the culture at large, uh, especially with all transgender stuff going on, I know that's a whole other topic. But it, it does. It is part of the the discussion around uh, same sex attraction, and and that's just that. Um, if I if I have certain things, if I desire certain things, simply because I have them, they must they must they must be okay, right? I mean, because I'm I'm a good person, I'm okay, and so if I feel this way, if I want this certain thing, then it, then it must be okay because I'm not I'm not a I'm not a bad person. So there's an underlying misunderstanding i would argue a biblical view of just humanity and that we are born with with sin with sin nature and then that that's active i mean that that's that's fleshed out in what we want and how we live and the decisions we make so so there's that there's a lot saying right then this is a biological matter and we just haven't figured out how it's wired to biology but clearly it must be wired to biology um and so there's an argument that that then a lot of people struggling with this say, what well, I can't remember a time that I asked for this or I welcomed this um, and, and think because it wasn't invited, then they're not culpable. And so I think we need to, to shed that um, idea. Um, I think also there's some, some foundational issues that even came up in some of the discussions 
that I watched about what, I mean, what is, what is temptation? Uh, you know, can, can a desire for something um, be wrong? And if it's a wrong desire, does that mean the desire itself is sinful? Uh, and so I know several people have talked about that. And so, so I think some of those ideas need to be uh, addressed, but we need to come to the scriptures. All right. And that what we ultimately see here, I think also is a, is a foundational issue is what we have going on is actually a, a worship war. If we go to, to Romans 1, we, we see how that gets played out. And the reason, I mean, it says we're, we're given over to, to lusts before it gets into all the other stuff. We're given over that. Why? Because we, we've rejected the truth of God. And so are we going to worship God? Are we going to exalt God? And so for most of the people, I say most, a lot of the people showing up, there's just there's not a God consciousness. There's not an awareness of that all life is lived before God. And so then he determines all of these things. And so there's a there's a, a a fight for self. And so we're in a worship war. And so to think that it's just a cultural thing, just a biological thing, I think that has to be dispelled up front that no, we're, we're at odds with God. And so who who are we ultimately going to to worship and exalt God or, or self? So. That's a lot. Yes, <laughs> that, that's a lot, right? And uh, and yeah. we could even probably spend a whole podcast on just one of those things. Sure. But I do want to go to the scriptures. I do sure. want to talk about this uh, on a practical level, not yep. just theological, though we need the sure. theology, right? Uh, yep. And so, let me give you a, a scenario to work off of, if that's okay. Sure. Um, someone comes to you, and you probably had this, and they say, "What you said before, I've always had these desires. In fact." I have a, a friend I used to have. I used to um, evangelize a guy who worked at a gym that I went to, and he um, was homosexual, and he, he thought he was a Christian. Uh, he did not have an understanding of the gospel, but that was his line to me, was, um, I've always had these desires, but he attributed it to abuse that he suffered. He was um, unfortunately molested. I believe it was in a, in a bathroom at an airport. It was something like that. It was... And that confused him and that reoriented him in his mind. And so that was sin against him. It wasn't his sin. Mm -hmm. And so that justified having an orientation that was, it meant he wasn't culpable for that. Mm -hmm. And um, long story short, he wanted to have a wife and kids, but he felt like this barrier was just too much because he couldn't shed that feeling. He still had this attraction at times. And so what do you say to someone like that? Because I mean, you could say, well, just ignore that and get married anyway, right? Find a girl who you're friends with. And, and or you could say, well, you got to wait till, to get this attraction over with. Or um, and, and of course, there's differences on whether he should repent of that or he should just not act on it, but still somehow be OK with having it. So what would you do if someone came to you in that scenario? Yeah. Um, so one, right, we have to. Um, so, so scripturally, I, I do have to listen well, first and, and foremost. Uh, I mean, we have text in, in Proverbs 18 to, to listen. Uh, so we want to seek understanding, make sure we're hearing correctly. So he comes with, with that scenario. One, obviously, he's not not culpable for what may not be culpable. He isn't culpable if it was forced upon him, all that. Not culpable for what what happened to him. But now we are we are all responsible for how we respond to, before God to everything that happens to us. So we're going to have to wrestle through a lot of his response to that. So he says, then that, 
set me on this course, right, to to this, maybe he would use the word orientation now. Um, again, I, I wouldn't use that word. Um, so that, that set me down this. And so now because of that event, I am this way. Well, all the things that happen to us um, certainly affect and influence us, but, but they're not determinative. What has to be determinative and has the last word is, is the word of God. So he, he has these feelings. And so what we I'd have to do is come alongside him and, and listen quite a bit. And then how can I help him begin to, to learn to live above those feelings? Where, where is he not trusting God's word? Right. Where is he not hearing God's word? If he professes to be a believer, where is he not seeing that come into effect? Where is he not uh, practicing what God's word says to, to put these things off? Because that, that's good, because our, our sinful desires come. I mean, we have numerous scriptures, right, that say these things come out of us. And so nothing external to me can put sin into me. And so nothing John Harris ever did to Josh can make me sin in response. So this, right. even this horrible thing, even this horrible thing can't make him sin. So he's culpable now for those desires that he has. So now how am I going to help him unpack all of that and, and begin to, to see his culpability? Uh, again, I'd go to several of these scriptures and start working, working through those with him to go, no, th those are your feelings now. This was an influence. It doesn't cause you. It's an influence. Because we've had people, because obviously we've had people who experience something similar and don't have same-sex attractions. Would you think that would be similar to the child who grows up in a home where the parents are giving him bad food to eat from a young age and he can't remember a time when he was healthy? And so he's you know, now he's older, he's obese, and um, that's a challenge, right, to um, have discipline. Or, you know, even being introduced to pornography at young ages, which has ha happened quite a bit, of course. I mean, it, to me, it strikes me as the same kind of thing. You're, you're just saying it was early on. It was at a formative point in your life. And so, of course, that hill is harder to climb, perhaps, but it's still climbable because Jesus would not have given into those things. Jesus... Um, underwent temptation that we can't even imagine. Uh, and um, of course, not internal temptation, but for, for good things through bad means, but it was still temptation nonetheless. And Jesus was able to withstand all of those things. And, and so that's, I mean, G if Jesus is the standard, right? Anything that deviates would be sin, right? Biblically? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so is that what you so tell people? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, so he is, he is, a, he is the standard. And even part of how I would counsel, counsel, excuse me, uh, th this young man is, it, young man, right, is, is, I mean, uh, Romans 13, 14, you know, to put on Christ and make no provision for the, for the flesh. Um, and um, uh, so, so how, so, so now we have to wrestle through. So where, where have you made provision for the flesh? So you, so you have the desires, which we have to address. But then where have you made provision for that? Well, maybe I've, <clears throat> excuse me, with those desires sought out, you know, viewing homosexual pornography. I've sought out these things, which is just, which have fueled the desires. Okay, well, you're responsible for that. So, so we got to cut that out. I mean, we're told to cut off our hand and our eye. If that's the, the means through which we're sinning, 
So, so you have to get rid of those things. But again, for the Christian, it's never sufficient just to, to not do the sin, right? We have to do the, the right thing. So now you have to pursue righteousness. So what's that going to look like in your life? And so on the temptation thing and with Christ, I say, say it that way, uh, the, the word in, in James 1, 12 through 15, parodzo, parodzmas, for, for temp, can actually be translated tempt or test. And in James 13, 14, it's it's an internal right um desires the epithumia the sinful desires um and, and so it can be test or attempt so there's talking about the internal evil desires that that's that's where temptation begins well back up in verse 12 it's used in the first trials or or, or, or test up there and it, it's translated trials same word and so we think it's helpful to, 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 to clarify the matter. When you see that, that prodzo, prodzmas word, if it's referring to external to the soul pressures, circumstances, it's better translated testing, trials. So, so I would argue that, that Christ was tested, prodzo, prodzmas, by, by Satan. Because all those things were external. Now, how did he... How did he win the fight against those testings? Well, he had no evil desires. And, and so that would help clarify, we think. And also in Matthew 18, 7, 8, 9, there's a different word for temptation there. But it says temptations are necessary. Well, how, how can that be? Well, right. to reveal our sin. And that word for temptation is scandal on. It's the, it's the stick of a, of a trap, like the old cartoons. You put a carrot on it to attract the rabbit. Well, that scandal on is that that stick. So all of these external things are are those things. They're pressures on us. But who's culpable if I take the bait? Me. Right. So they have a desire for same-sex attraction. They have same-sex desires. They have those. I, I'm going to say this. The desires themselves are sinful. James, James 1, 14. 15. That's how you get drug into it. Right? But then... Every time there, there's something that could draw me into that, whoever sets that trap in Matthew 18, it has a woe upon them, but I'm responsible. And so I have to show him where, where he's maybe been responsible for some things um, that otherwise maybe he thinks he's not been responsible for. So, so right now, so we're, we're on the ground floor here. We're just talking sure. about responsibility. <laughs> Right. And and I want to bring some questions that are coming in in the chat um, as we go through this. But I just want to say that was, I think, the hang up in a situation that I just described to you with my friend. Mm -hmm. He wanted to get himself to a certain level of acceptability before God mm -hmm. to, to rid himself of these desires before he felt like God would accept him. or he. And I, I kept mm -hmm. saying, you have no power to defeat this. Right. You need the gospel. But. Because it, it was pride, is, I guess, is what I want to tell everyone. That, that's what I realized later. It, 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 it seems like a noble thing to do, to discipline yourself, to try to rid yourself. But he failed. He couldn't rid himself of these desires. That's, and, um, and, and that's where I think humility, true humility comes in. That we don't set the bar up here expecting that we can be like Jesus, especially without Jesus, right? Right. without being a converted individual. We need the power of the Holy Spirit for this. And if we we can't do it without that. And and so that was one of the things um, I know that was 
formative in my life and this issue because I couldn't relate to it at first. I just never had that kind of an attraction. But I thought, wow, this really has a stranglehold on some people, just like other attractions and, and sinful desires do. But without the power of the Holy Spirit, without it first admitting that this is a sinful thing that God hates and then seeking him, crying out to him, I don't see how there's hope. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad you said that because because I, I think that the line of argument that goes down goes down the path of the, these desires. You have them. They're, they're not good. Uh, several people have, have said that and said, you know, they're, they're they, they wouldn't have been there before the fall. They won't be there in a the new creation. But the, the, the desire in itself is not sinful, just the, the action. Like, I think we leave those people uh, with absolutely no hope because they have no hope that that can be different. And yet what we see in, in the scriptures is several texts. And they list all of these things. Such were some of you. Um, right. You know, we've been in Christ. We've been made new. And so now we have we actually have the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is the same power that inhabits the Christian through the Holy spirit to, to put sin to death. And, and so I think Christians, and then uh, it, it, we don't have a, a strong I, like concept of that. And we, we think we get saved. Okay, great. Life's good. No, we still struggle to put to death the, the sinful habits, the indwelling sinful patterns that we've, we would, we, we have the desires. Those we have to, it, it is a fight. We're told in Galatians at the end not to grow weary of doing good, but in due time we'll, we'll reap the reward. And so I think in that case, homosexual desires in that case are similar to all other sins. We have to fight and we have to help our brothers and sisters fight and not give up. And I think saying, well, just don't act on it. You'll be OK. I think that's cutting them short in the fight. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, some uh, questions for you. Uh, Pastor, I want to um, show you some of these. There's a bunch of them coming in right now. For those who are streaming and, and just started streaming, rodandstaffministries.com is the website. We're talking to Pastor Josh Stiegel about same-sex attraction and counseling those who uh, experience this. Um, there's uh, one person in the chat. I'm going to show you this one. This is uh, JB, and uh, he's a graduate, he says, of Exodus International. And I know someone else has a question about that in the thread and what you think about it, but maybe we'll get to that. He says, though, um, for he asks, so 10 years of being sexually abused didn't open me to being attracted to men. And, and then I'll follow up with one more comment. He says, in my case, I hated that I was attracted to men, so I never accepted it. I didn't choose to be sexually abused. Now are you saying it is still my own fault that I developed same-sex attraction i mean that that's that's a good question that's really related to what we're talking about what do you think yeah so um so one uh I, i'd have a lot of questions for me and jb to to walk through uh so again he obviously is not responsible for what happened to him god will hold him responsible for how he responded to it so so kindly gently lovingly i have to come alongside him and see where he did have responsibility um, because somewhere there, there's a, in, in this whole development, right? There, there was a time to, 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 to see that for what it is as sinful and to begin fighting against it. And he says he never accepted it. All right. Well, how did you fight? How could I help you fight? How were you encouraged to fight? 
um, against it. And so, so there would be, there's, there, I, I do, I, I think biblically, again, I think we have to go back to the text, right? That says we, we do bear responsibility for the desires that we have. Yeah. I, I have a question for you sure. along these lines. So, um, cause Romans one, right. Talks about idol worship being the root issue, worshiping the creator. And then it talks about these, these epithemia and you know, passions, yep. Uh, and so I've wondered sometimes because that's, I think maybe that verse and, and then the passage in James are some of the two most, um, I guess, deep passages on what's going on in the heart during these times of temptation or these times of, of sin in this particular way. And I've wondered, you know, is Romans one exhaustive? Is it telling us, well, it's this case in every single Every single time you see an example of the sin, that's what's going on. You need to treat it like it's idol worship. Or um, are there other causes for this, uh, like simply just being sinned against and cultivating an inappropriate diet or taste for something that God hasn't authorized? Um, how do you uh, view Romans 1 in regards to this and, and the causation? Yeah, so so I would say Romans one is is, is sufficient, um, and and you uh, and I'm, make sure I understood what you said there about the cultivating it. And I would say that that's where we have to to go back and see w where possibly were these things cultivated after the fact, right? So again, nobody can put sin sin into me, and so even horrible abuses like this can't make me sin into in response to them. Um, and so, I mean, in in Scripture, my sin originates with with me. It comes out of my heart. That's that's the only that's the only place sin can reside in me is in me. And again, so these you know, obviously, obviously, things that happen to us are influences. I would argue they're just not determinative. Okay, right? They don't determine the outcome. Again, we're going to look to Christ as the example. How was he treated? And that did that determine him to sin at some point? No, absolutely not. Now people want to retort, come back and go, well, I'm not Jesus. No, I understand that. Not, right. Neither am I. But he he is he is the he is the one we're we're, we're to be beholding. It says, um, try to remember text. It's a it's a second uh, Corinthians 3:18. Right? Beholding him, we're being transformed into his image. And so with these struggles, a lot of times what we do is we get so just looking at self, right. self, 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 self. This is what I feel. This is what I think. These are all these things. And so what we try to help the counselor do is the phrase we've used right now is get eyes off of self and onto the Savior and see him. Why? Because that's what's going to help you in your fight to become like him. You'll be transformed into his image. Yeah. And, and even in uh, uh, is it Hebrews, I think 12 2, consider him. I mean, he endured on the cross, right? If you want to fight against sin, go, go, go look at Christ. And so, um, so I do think Romans is sufficient to, to explain it because it, it um, let me get the text here. Probably a new God, uh, Right, so 22, 23, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, 
God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity. So, so God's response to our pushing down the knowledge we have of him, of refusing to worship him as God, is to, to give us over to, to lust, to impurity. And so that, that's different for, for all of us, but it, but it does seem that the Romans would say that, that that's what has happened to humanity in our, our fight against. Yeah. So, right. And, and so here we are. And so I do bear culpability in that. That, you know, that's so, so, cause some people are pointing out in the chat, the vice list is longer, right? And sure, absolutely. It, 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 right. So, so all these sins are rooted in, an idolatry. It just seems like Paul is is singling out, though, that this is the an obvious manifestation. This is the poster child, in a way, the the way that I can prove to you this is actually twisted worship is twisted um, because it twists up something as basic as the relationships between the roles of husbands and wives, men and women. Yeah, so um, I think he's saying the most unnatural thing you can do spiritually. Is worship worship something other than the one true God? Now, right. how do I help you see that? Well, the most unnatural thing physically, because by God's design, man is for female and female for man. So, the yeah. most unnatural physical thing you guys could look at and see would be a man with a man. Well, that's what I'm trying to help you see. To worship something other than the one true God is an, an undoing of what you should be doing by nature what were we yeah. created for we were created to worship god so to, so to worship the creature instead of the creator that, that that that's that's not how you were created here's an example physically to help you figure that out yeah help you see it. um so i i want to we're going to go to um some video uh callers and whether they want to use video or audio and so i'm going to put kim murphy on uh, deck, uh, Kim. So if you want to start off your, your camera and your microphone or whatever you're using, um, in about a minute, I'm going to come to you. Um, you know, Pastor Stegall, one of the things I've noticed, because I have friends, uh, multiple friends actually, who have had experiences with abuse and confusion, and, um, and that runs in different directions. Um, some have had homosexual experiences or, or curiosities in that way. And I, I've noticed a difference between friends I have that have had these similar experiences. One reaction is what you said earlier, and it struck me as so true to just be obsessed with self, to, mm -hmm. to always be in tune with what am I feeling, and then to make decisions based off of that, and to make that the barometer. And then others um, seem to just be obedient. It, it, and I'm not saying the other, you know, they all don't want to be obedient on some level, but I'm saying there's others that just are, are more they're not looking at themselves. They're looking at the actions God wants them to take. And, and that becomes their driving focus is what's God's will. And, and they seem to do a whole lot better. They, they overcome it. Um, that's in my experience, though. I mean, is there have you seen the same thing in your experience? And uh, of course, I, I'm sure there's biblical basis for this. But it, would you be able to share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so that, and that's not just in the realm of homosexuality. That's with all the things we counsel. Uh, the counselees that come in, uh, and again, maybe still still wrestling with how to how to fight wherever they they struggle, you know, sinfully to obey the Lord. Those who come in with with an attitude or an understanding of I, I have to be submitted to the Word, I have to be submitted to to God, 
And what what God says is the determining factor. What his word says is the determining factor, not not how I feel about something. Um, so show me what God's word says and then help me fight to do that day in and day out. The, those are the people who, who do extremely well. And and we see do well because it's, I mean that, that that is the. I think I can say it the way this way. That is the, the the faithful walk of Christianity, is where we see sin. We 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 come before the Word and and plead with God to give us the strength. Because again, we we the Holy Spirit has to, to grant us repentance. We have to have the be given the strength to to fight. Because in ourselves, we we won't overcome. And that's why we do all this in, in His His strength. And so those those who come with that that mindset that. God's word is sufficient and it's it's the final authority. I want to obey that. Help, help me to please the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean it's easy because obviously some things come out. We all in our sinful flesh go, ah, man, uh, I don't know. Okay, well, we have to wrestle with the word and then we do. We fail. We go, what? Why? Why am I failing? Well, we usually go back to a point and go, well, we departed from seeking to do what the Lord wanted us to do in this area. I gave in to, to my desires. Um, and see, because First uh, Thessalonians 4, 3, right? God's desire for us is our sanctification. It says right mm -hmm. there, our sanctification, you abstain from sexual immorality and learn to control your bodies. So in this this case, I mean, that's that's one of the texts I would use. See, this is God's will for you. So help let me let me help you with your sanctification. And, and, and how can we then help you abstain from sexual immorality? How can I help you learn to control your, your own body? And those who come in desirous of that uh, do, do much, much, much better. Well, uh, Pastor Siegel, that's helpful. I want to eventually get to, if we have time, maybe some success stories or at least some, some hope that you can give to people who might be struggling with this and some practical things, the disciplines that uh, maybe people can apply to their own lives. Um, and maybe we'll also get to some of these comments because the uh, chat, it's buzzing right now. I first, though, um, want to go to a, a video call in. Uh, Kim, if you are there, please. Uh, there you go, Kim. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Awesome. It's good to have you. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I just wanted to, I don't know if it's necessarily a question or maybe more of a comment or an observation. So I have been, you know, watching your videos on this topic, um, you know, for quite some time. And the thing that I keep coming back to is a show you did about a year ago with Darren Mel. That's that right. Yeah. Say his last name. Honestly, I just thought that was some of the best content that I have heard on this subject um, I know that maybe um, I wouldn't agree necessarily with all of Darren's theology, but as far as the story and the example of the man who came alongside him, or maybe it was men who actually did some super practical things with him. Now, I am someone who I have, I have never struggled with same-sex attraction, but I have had my own struggles and I have seen biblical counselors. Um, actually, one of my very best friends um, is a certified biblical counselor. Love biblical counseling. Think it is absolutely the best way to go for a believer in these struggles. But one slight criticism I would have um, 
is it's a it is a lot of I guess I'm gonna call it intellectual work or more thinking work. And whereas that is absolutely necessary, I just was so impressed by the actual practical things that some of the men in Darren's life did. Like his his buddy, his friend, the guy who was discipling him, actually took him to the gym and helped him get stronger as a man and be able to to learn practically what men do what do men do how do men think um but it was super practical and i just i was just really really impressed by that so whereas you know and and maybe maybe um pastor josh maybe you do have some practical things that you do with your counselees um but i would love to hear that more because i do think obviously we know sanctification is a process um and i think as believers coming alongside people who struggle we need to get in life with them do life together real practical things um i would love to see that fleshed out more and talked about more i guess and encouraged more yeah, that's a great comment, Kim. Um, why don't you stay on for a minute while we let uh, Jared talk about that? Jared, what do you think? I mean, should should we uh, go to the gym with people who say that they struggle with this? <laughs> men who say they struggle and show them how to lift weights or go fishing with them? Is that does that help? Or yeah, so no, so thanks, Kim. Yeah, we hadn't gotten to too much of the practical. Uh, so just one thing I would say, right? Romans Romans twelve two, we're, we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So, so we have to start establishing a, a new way of thinking. Yes. That's right. So I think that's foundational, like thinking. And so, but as we've counseled people, we we tend to we we try to anyway do both at the same time. Right. Great. So we're so yeah. we're doing the, the thinking part, the desiring part, uh teaching them the word, um, and 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 doing those things, but then absolutely we have to we have to figure out practical ways to come alongside them. And so what does it look like for a man to family and just in in the workplace, in relationships, but not but not become a tyrant? Right. So so to, what does it what does that look like? What what does a, a masculine, godly, biblical love look like for the opposite sex, for the same sex? Yep. How's that get fleshed out? Um, you know, um, come, come alongside us. Come come hang out over here with these couples and see how we interact with our wives. Come over here with these guys and see how we interact as guys. Yep. What, is, what does all of that look like? And so absolutely, uh, I think those practical things have to be there. And uh, we, we try to, to encourage folks to do that. And so um, in our context, some with it being kind of a, a so we're, we're a biblical counseling training center, we do some counseling. We, we may, might hope in that case to have some liaison with their church to help yes. facilitate that part of it. So no, absolutely. I think we do have to have the practical side uh, alongside it to, to help them learn what it is to, to be a biblical man. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Good word, Kim. I appreciate you bringing that up. Yeah. My pleasure. You know, it's something, you know, my struggles were more, I would say emotional, more with things like anxiety and depression. And so when you're, when you're just thinking all the time, like it's almost like too much in your own head, like 
you need to, you know, I need to get up at this time of day. I need to, I need to take shower, get dressed, do my hair, you know, do dishes, you know, you know, to have some real practical and, and I'm going to hope and pray that if there is anybody in my church family that is, is struggling, you know, even with even a, another woman that struggles with same sex attraction, that, that I, I might not be afraid of spending time with that hmm. person, um, you know, purposefully, very intentionally. So I think that's a great thing for, for believers, for Christians, um, you know, to be looking for and to be, make themselves available for. Yeah. Well, th yeah. Thank you so much, Kim. That's good advice. I think for everyone, don't be afraid of that. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate it. Please, uh, you know, feel free to call in anytime we're doing this. I'm going to go to Nancy next. Thanks. Um, Nancy, if you can hear me, uh, turn your microphone on. When I see that your microphone is on, I will let you into the, uh, the stream and we'll hear what you have to say. You know, Josh, I'm noticing there's a lot of comments. One of the th themes, there, there's a, several of them. I don't, it's hard to know which one to go to. But one of them is um, on this theology that we talked about, this um, uh, idea that idolatry is kind of underneath the surface here causing sin and um you know this is hard for some people because they wonder uh in fact and i can't find the comment now because there's so many of them but you know was i idolatrous when i was a young person being molested i know i i have a, um, a member of, of the family um that that had a situation like this where you know, they didn't know it was happening. And then years later, you find out that there's all this damage from something that took place over the course of years, but started when this person was young and vulnerable. And I, I agree completely with what you're saying. That's just biblical that sin is it's not someone can't make you sin. Right. Someone can't make you have evil desires. But of course, we, we know, as you said, I think that these things do contribute. They don't help, certainly. Um I don't know if there's anything more you have to say about that. That's still confusing some people, though. Yeah. So, so were they being all idolatrous in in the molestation? Well, no. That's something that happened to them. Now, what what might be the idolatry in response to the the molestation? That that's where I think the idolatry is going to come in. Because it's still, I think it's going so so preeminently. I think the idolatry is self. Um, and so, do do they do they not say something that they should because of, of feeling ashamed about it? Is there is there something in there um, where where they're accepting blame that they shouldn't accept? And so they're 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 taking responsibility for something that for which they're not responsible. And so they, they have some some sense of guilt, right? Well, so so that they, they can't do that. And so so I, I would think the idolatry would begin to, to come in in self-preservation. And that can look a, a bunch of different ways. So we'd have to have a lot of conversations and questions asked to see where that might be coming in. So, so not idolatrous in, in what happened to them, but in their response afterwards. Gotcha. Okay, now that's good. Um. Man, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of where to go next with all these questions coming in. Sure. Um, well, one of the things that 
I noticed early on in the chat section that I did want to get to eventually is people were talking about conversion therapy. One person asked whether or not your particular ministry, Rod and Staff Ministries, you can go to rodandstaffministries.com for those streaming, has been targeted in any way or you've had um, you know, discrimination from the government or something against you. And then what do you think about Exodus International and what they did or other similar efforts? Yeah, so um, so we we've not been targeted that I'm aware of. Nothing's come to us uh, this after this point. podcast. You will be. Well, yeah. So thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, so so yeah, I'm 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 somewhat familiar with Exodus International. Um, I know conversion therapy covers a pretty broad spectrum of things that were done to to try to get people out of this. And so without going, you know, line by line, they did this. No, they did this. No, they did this. No, they did this. No. Generally speaking, I would say, I mean, I can't engage in, won't engage in anything out, outside of what scripture says I could actually do. Right. And so um, as far as that goes in conversion therapy in the in the world, we, we've not done that. Um, I, I think the way to to fight this. Um, is through the power of the Holy Spirit because the Spirit will take with the Word of God and and a, um, a a robust life in the community of believers uh, to come alongside and to help each other fight. And so we we I, we trust that the Holy Spirit will take the Word of God and apply it to the heart of the child of God. And so we have hope of change. It's the only hope I have of change is that the Spirit will actually work in me through the Word. And so hey, that's me, go ahead. Let me let me ask you this, because this is something that I've heard from many others, uh, that the the rates of success are pretty high. Um, and I don't know what's you know, because there's studies that go in different <laughs> studies are cited by whoever's trying to prove the point. But I sure. I, I do think that um, that probably is true, that they, there is something to conversion therapy or else people wouldn't be doing it or attracted to it and they wouldn't be trying to ban it. Um, the premise to me seems like it's usually something like you had a bad relationship with your father, you had an experience, you, uh, let's correct these things. So it's kind of Freudian maybe. And once we correct these things, then the same sex attraction will be corrected and you'll be able to, um, have heterosexual attraction. And, and so, um, I guess the question that I have is, is there anything to that though even though we know that this isn't biblical as far as um there at most if it's a secular approach it'll be you know swapping out one vice perhaps for another i don't know or at least re sin replacement but is there something to it where they're correctly identifying okay here's a contributing factor and we can somehow um i don't know on a biological level or physiological level do something about that to make it easier or to make the hill easier to climb so to speak yeah so that, that's a, a great question so um so, so perhaps someone does rightly identify something but i think there may be some room for uh for some correct observations but their observations are always going to be truncated because the secular views don't connect it to god um and so so, so again, so, so as a biblical counselor, would we address if there had been some, some abuse by, by a, by a parent or other family member as a, um, 
uh, I guess they say contributing factor, but yeah, one of those well, things that well, does let me just, influence. I'm sorry to interject, but yeah, let me just give you a scenario that's different yeah. than the ones we've been working on real quick. So failure to connect with dad means now I hunger for men's approval and I'm going to seek it in an inappropriate way through sexual gratification instead of the normal way a son would connect with the father. That that's one of the ones I've heard. So, so yeah, if you could just use that example, is there something to that? That's, that's not sufficient, right? It doesn't go all the way because we have to address the idolatry, the sin, but, but it, are there maybe helpful tools in there? See, now I'm, I'm saying analytical tools <laughs> getting dangerous here. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm glad you're answering this. <laughs> yeah. So again, I would say that that can be an influence. Um, as a biblical counsel, I, I don't, I, I don't bring in any of the secular models whatsoever or try not to. Um, again, they're rooted in a, a secular theories and, and different things I don't think are biblical. So, so I have to stick to, to the scriptures and go again, those things can, obviously those things can influence. They can influence. They are influential. All of these things can influence. All of us have, a myriad of influences that come to our lives. And then I, then I want to say, because I mean, I'm, I'm born a sinner. We all come out of the wound of sinner. So I want to say I'm this way because of something else. Right? I want to get self off the hook. My conscience proclaims I'm guilty. What do I do with that guilt? Well, then it, it can't be my fault. Yeah. And so I start looking for some way to say it somewhere else. Now, did, did those things influence Sure, they they influence, but again, for the believer, I have to I have to keep coming back to the word and go. What does the word say? And then I mean, we have to we may have to wrestle through with somebody. Uh, you know, wh where are you culpable? Right, where are you? Did, did that influence? Sure, but now that you see that that, that didn't cause, that didn't lead you to actually be here, because here, here, here. If we back it up, here, 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 you indulged in things that also were influential, but you you sought those out. Well, why did I seek those out? I'm going to go back and say these things influence. Ultimately, it resides in your soul. Right. Ultimately, yeah. these things and, are influential. You know, praise God that they're, his word is sufficient for this. And I've seen this many times with people coming out of these lifestyles or, or sin issues, patterns, and gaining victory. And I wanted to land on a spirit of hope. I can't believe we've already been talking like 45 minutes, but uh, 50 minutes we have. And um, I was hoping you could give some success stories and just encouragement for people. If they want to know more, if they, if, if they feel like, man, you guys just got started and I wanted to have my question answered, rodandstaffministries.com. Um, I'll just say this too, uh, Nancy, if you turn on your microphone, I will, I, I'll uh, pitch it to you here but um as far as i can tell your microphone is not turned on yet uh josh though uh the question i just asked though you know give us some hope here um what what happens when you take someone through the biblical approach yeah so again if we if we come in um and again the person uh, i would say sees it rightly so i have the desires i Again, this person says, I see the desires are not pleasing to God. They are sinful desires. The desires have to be have to be put to death. That again, it's not just sufficient for me not to act on these things. I have to not want these things. I have to want what God says I should want and then act out of that. Um, and, and they're willing to do that. Again, that the hope comes from the fact that, that they're a believer, they have the Holy Spirit. 
And the Holy Spirit will will take the word of God and apply it to the heart of the child of God. And so we actually have hope that the change will happen. And, and then what we're we're really looking for right, as we as we see in the, the walk of sanctification is that sin becomes less frequent, less intense over time. Now, can God just take this away from somebody? Absolutely, he can. It, it seems more regularly that, that there's a walk, there's a working out of our salvation, a growth in sanctification that, that has to take place. And so what we see with people who come in with that, that mindset is, again, and, and is, uh, I forgot the caller's name now, Kim, I think it was, right, giving them some practical steps, inviting them along, Right, that that in time there's change. Now sometimes there, there's there's ups and downs, there's fits and starts. But that that that's that's also the same with all of us as we're walking in our working at our own salvation. And so uh, we want to we want to see the fight. So how can we strengthen them in the fight? So those those who have fought well um, from the word, who are willing to submit to the authority of the word, and then put that into practice and have help putting that into practice. Uh, we see them. We see them change. Now, in this lifetime, does that mean that they'll 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 never have those desires again and all that? Not not necessarily. The fight may last until God takes them home. Then they're perfected and don't have those desires. Um, so I think that the hope is Christ in us, right? The hope of salvation. He's promised that if we are His, um, that that He has begun a good work in us. He'll, he'll bring it to completion. Uh, so I think that's the hope. Uh, that we have. And so we, we've seen that in people. Um, I hesitate to get into too many counseling cases unless I accidentally give a detail uh, that could identify somebody that's listening. Um, but I understand but, that. Right. Yeah. But we've seen that. I mean, so, so I mean, one case where I did, did counsel a guy, he came in with that, that mindset. And so in that case, in God's providence, it didn't take long to, to see change. I mean, he was in an, an active lifestyle. And, and came and came and said, it's, it's wrong. I need out of it help. And, and within five or six meetings, that wasn't necessarily every week that was over some time. Um, he, he, he had ended the relationship and you go great. That, 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 that's a great step in the right direction. He still has the desires, but we're, we're seeing right steps and he was some distance away. So his church was involved. I, I couldn't be directly involved in the, in the day to day. Um, but he he stopped that and he, he and he was still fighting the desires and so but but fight so those who are willing to fight against it uh i think we see the the great success in and you pop something up and, it, and it's it's ridingstaffministries.org sorry just so that oh my bad i'll, yep. I'll uh i'll correct that <laughs> ridingstaffministries.org yep. uh, if people want to check out uh your ministry and yeah. um and, and, you know, you do counseling then. Do you do it by Zoom? If someone doesn't live in your area, are they, can they come and get counseling? Yeah. So, so yeah. So we, we, we do offer counseling. Um, we, we can do it in person or we, we do, um, that, that may depend on my counselor that we have doing it, but we do, we can do it by Zoom and, and do quite a bit of things by Zoom and, and Skype and different online platforms. But yeah, um, means we can do that virtually. Uh, we, we would ask that, right, that we'd be able to, to see people. We think it's important to see the person we're, we're counseling so we can just see responses to what we're saying. Um, but that is that is possible. Yep. And, and available. And also just for resources. I mean, we've talked about ACBC, so the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. I mean, their website's biblicalcounseling.com and they have a resources page. And so they have uh, 
resources that if people aren't in Indy, don't want to talk to us, they can go in there and actually click. There's a find a counselor so they can find somebody close to them if they want biblical counseling uh, in this area. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, man, there's still questions I'd love to get to, but I think we, we need to end it because, uh, as I told you off camera, I got to go to the in-laws and man, right. <laughs> you counseled me. You gave me some, I encouraged you. Free. Yes. I didn't even pay for it. And you said right. you need to go to the in-laws with your wife. So yes, <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to be doing. But, um, Hey, maybe we'll have you on again uh, to talk about this some more. If there's just a lot of questions, I would just encourage people though, go to rod and and check it out if you're interested in, in corresponding and emailing with Pastor Stegall. Um, Pastor Stegall, thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Yep. Yep. God bless. Yeah, likewise. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.